Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Happy spring. I have been doing a little bit of contemplating this week, and part of the, what I've been thinking about is how much we actually receive, like how much input we actually hear on a, just a given day. How many things we're listening to, um, how many things are just sent our way through email or text message or phone or podcast, through social media, through the people in our lives, through work, through relationships. It's a lot. We have a lot of input and a lot of output when we consider like the ebb and flow of how we relate to ourselves, to each other, to the world, to our work. And I actually kind of felt like I was participating in a sense of giving a lot of information and not as much experience. Okay, so let me tell you what I mean by that. I was thinking about like the impact of words and then the idea of learning about intellect versus experience. Like what's the difference between hearing something and then actually doing something with what you just heard? Like what's the point of learning and receiving information and then allowing it just to stay within our own mind, never making it out and into our heart or out into our behavior. So I don't know, I did this giant like (laughs) deep dive into all sorts of weird and barely connected thoughts, but I just, I don't know, I feel this burden in a good way, but a burden to help people learn how to make actual behavioral change. Right, Because I think that's why we seek information. That's why we listen, whether it's here or otherwise, is because we're looking for something. We want to hear something that inspires us. We want to learn. We want to have something within us change, shift, grow, become better. So what this process produced was the desire to give you an experience this week rather than only something to listen to. Now, don't get me wrong, I realize that this is a podcast, and so technically you still will be listening, but I want you to experience something this week. And so before we actually do that thing, I am going to contradict myself for a moment and talk to you about mindfulness. See, this topic has been coming up pretty frequently this week with the people that I'm working with one-on-one. And so whenever that happens, when I see a trend in my work, I lean in, I pay attention, And I spent some time kind of considering what's coming up, why is this coming up, who is this work for, and where might it be relevant? And so then I spent some time practicing mindfulness, um, considered if this would be something that would be beneficial to share on TrailerCast. And mainly because when I boil it down, I really do think that mindfulness is the most important practice we can engage in. I know that those are big words, but I'm serious. More than self-care, more than emotional intelligence, more than positive affirmations or power poses is the practice of mindfulness. So what is it? What is mindfulness? If you Google search it, it's going to tell you that mindfulness is the quality 
or state of being conscious or aware of something. It's a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations. It's used as a therapeutic technique. Okay, so I personally think it's the most valuable therapeutic technique. Yep, seriously, think about it. Your feelings, your thoughts, your bodily sensations, these are all your sources of input and mindfulness connects to all the different pieces. There are different forms of therapy that connect you only to your feelings, emotionally focused therapy, to only to your thoughts, cognitive behavioral therapy, to your bodily sensations when you're doing yoga or you're doing different types of dance therapy, but when you think about mindfulness, it's connecting to every single piece. There is so much power in this practice, you guys, and you can do it outside of the therapeutic relationship or outside of ever even going to therapy. It has tons of its own inherent benefits, which I'm going to list for you, but let me tell you, this is why I like it. I believe that the practice of mindfulness is where healing happens. So you guys, we have to be able to be present with ourselves and each other for healing to happen. If we are disconnected from any one of those spots within ourselves, our thoughts, our feelings, or our bodily sensations, then that piece is lacking the full integrated sense of healing. Think about it like this. If you're feeling anxious, you're pulled out of the here and now and into some like faraway land of worst possible outcome. If you feel guilty, you're taken away from the present moment and you're consumed with all the do-overs that you like and the crappy feelings that tend to sink you. If you experience depression, what that does is it deteriorates your sense of reality and of your goodness. Loneliness, it makes us oddly and ironically self-absorbed. Fear prevents us of, from being available to right now. Bad memories, troubled past, trauma, wounding, flashbacks, toxic relations, all of it. It takes us away from being right here, right now, in our healing, connected to ourselves and the person who is guiding us through that. Mindfulness is the way back to it, to us, to right now, to growth and healing and relief and all the things that took us through the door to therapy or to this podcast or to weekends or to a, to a book, to whatever type of work that we're looking to do. See, mindfulness is the space between you and your guide, between you and your therapist or your coach or your book or whatnot. The work when we come to, to approach ourselves is a real actual space. When we are able to actually enter into that middle, the in-between your guide and yourself, this is where mindfulness allows us to step through, enter in, and allow the work of healing to take place. It allows us to connect to our own experience. If we are disconnected from mind, body, spirit, emotions, then there's going to be a part that is left out from the work that we are trying to have wholeness or integration so that we can actually have relief and then move out of that experience that's been keeping us stuck. 
So we tend to get stuck either in our thoughts or our emotions or our bodily sensations. When we abandon any one of those spaces, then we're preventing the work of healing from coming full circle where we're actually then able to leave it behind and move on to what is next. Okay, here's 13 other reasons that you can practice mindfulness. When you practice mindfulness, you have less emotional reactivity. Mindfulness reduces anxiety and feelings of loneliness. It enhances the ability to deal with and recover from illness. It reduces overthinking. Mindfulness promotes mental health, creates happier relationships, provides pain relief, improves memory, concentration, focus, and performance. It alleviates stress. It allows for more cognitive flexibility allows for enhanced self-awareness, and mindfulness reduces psychological distress. You guys, come on, right? That sounds so good. That's like a no-brainer. If I could give anyone like a single like gift, see the things I just listed are like the fruit or the byproduct of the practice of mindfulness, it would be less emotional reactivity, greater stability, increased awareness of self, less psychological distress, all of those things allow for a more like cognitively um, sound practice and sense of self, relationship to self and others. Mindfulness, it's a no-brainer. But there is, for some odd reason, a barrier to this practice, or obviously we would all be doing this all the time. There is resistance. There is something that gets in the way of the good thing we know we need to do for ourselves and don't. It's Paul's dilemma. The good I ought to do, I do not do, right? It's ancient human behavior. So mindfulness, proven with inherently good, ripe with tons of benefits that will give us many of the outcomes we're looking for. It's essential to the work of therapy. You see, when we come to do the work of therapy or any work on ourselves for that matter, the first thing we have to do is just stop. Stop all the other things. Turn down the volume on the rest of our activities and thoughts and feelings and itemized to-do lists that are running through our brain. We have to stop and face ourselves. And this can be really difficult to do, especially in our fast-paced society, especially in a culture that promotes being busy and hustling. It can be hard to stop and check in with ourselves and just see how we are. Okay, I want you to try it. I'm going to pause for one minute right now, and I want you to take these 60 seconds to just be with yourself and ask yourself, how am I doing?
Okay. How was that? Did your mind drift? I want to know what thoughts came up for you. Did you try and make something happen? Was there a certain feeling you were wanting to have? Did your mind take off and go on a, like a run of its own? Did you like that feeling? Did you not like it? What did you learn about yourself? You see, this was just one minute of slowing down. And this is a funny thing. I just have to throw it out there. But if I would have asked you to just do that on your own at the end of this podcast, you most likely would not have. But because I kind of made you do it and you did it, see, what is that about us? I'm, I am totally like this. I always think there's going to be a perfect time later or that I will do that when I can, you know, really have this like really special moment of one minute of silence. But ultimately, you guys, the best time is right now. And see, when we slow ourselves down and practice intentional consciousness, we will begin to experience a greater sense of peace. Okay, now let me tell you, there might be some anxiety at first. Sound like, what the heck am I doing? Can she just start talking again instead of leaving me here alone? But when we stick with it and slip below the surface, we enter different waters. I want you to think of it as the difference between snorkeling and scuba diving. When you're on the surface of the water, the water can be rough. There's going to be different types of barriers or obstacles to allowing you to have like a super calm snorkeling experience because the top of the water experiences the most disturbance. It's where the actual waves are occurring. Um, there's wind, there's other elements that are influencing the water that, uh, on the surface. Okay. When you're scuba diving and you're down below, you have submerged below the surface where you're having the input of the extra element of air. And so at that time, you're really able to just flow. It is so much more calm below the water. As soon as you start to descend, what happens is you're able to actually just move with the tide rather, and and you move with it rather than kind of fighting against it or trying to help keep yourself afloat. The experience of scuba diving being underneath is a totally different experience than snorkeling. In Jungian or Freudian psychology, the idea of water represents our conscious and our subconscious. What is going on on the surface versus what is going on below. So it's the same thing when we come to approach ourselves consciously and subconsciously. What happens is it's kind of like snorkeling. The one minute is a kind of it's disruptive on the top. We stop for one minute and we're trying to have this peaceful experience of mindfulness that we've been hearing about. But then all of a sudden it's like, uh, what, what, like, what, am, what's, what am I supposed to be having? What's going on? Oh, that's right. I need to go to the grocery store. Okay, wait, no, no. I'm supposed to be having mindfulness. Okay. Let me come back to that. Okay. Deep breath. Okay. Nothingness. Okay. I don't like this experience. Okay. This is uncomfortable. Okay. I'm bored. Okay. Um, where am I going again? And we, you guys, we get distracted so easily. The first minute, sometimes many minutes of practicing mindfulness is like trying to descend when you're scuba diving. It can be rough waters on top because that is right at the cusp of our consciousness and there is a resistance to our ability to descend further within ourselves to reach that lower portion of what is going on below. If you have had any experience in a large body of water, you know what I'm talking about. The surface of the water is where you're going to see the most unrest. Underneath the water, it is calm and peaceful. 
when we come to face ourselves, that is just what that experience is like. We have to push through the surface, push through the resistance, push through the turbulence, push through the waves, and allow ourselves to sink below the surface of all of the things that resist this type of work. Okay? I know I still need to answer the question of what this really has to do with therapy and personal growth, but you see, this practice of mindfulness, it reduces a lot of the symptoms that people are seeking treatment for, or seeking medication for, or seeking distraction. And see, the ironic part is that pop culture tells you to seek the outcome. It teaches you to hustle for your work, to make it happen, and places all of that responsibility on you. And mindfulness is counterintuitive. It's the practice of stopping, resting, training yourself to be. And that entering this practice, you guys, is actually going to produce the fruit you have been striving so hard to materialize on your own. Okay, I wanna, I'm want i going to say it like this. All of the things you're looking for, self-actualization, success, healing, peace, confidence, deeper connection, clarity, all of those things, this is all the byproduct of practicing mindfulness. I know I'm... I, going to be working myself out of a job here, but seriously, this is why I incorporate mindfulness and contemplation into the weekend retreats I host, because I know that it will allow the work we are doing to really take root and produce lasting change. This is not too good to be true. Mindfulness is effective. Mindfulness will give you the fruit that you are looking for and have been trying to just materialize out of thin air. It is the number one practice I would suggest for anyone looking to know themselves or work on themselves or however we want to talk about it. Okay. Now, I really did want to limit the amount of talking I did on this episode and just lead you in a couple different exercises. So we are going to jump into a mindfulness practice. And I'm going to do it right now in this podcast because of that whole human behavior thing. We probably won't come back to it later, even though we say we will. One caveat, if you are driving, I would encourage you to actually come back and do this at another time. If you have never practiced mindfulness before, I'm going to encourage you to just go with the flow, okay? You don't have to really do anything. You can just listen and see what it's like. I'm first going to read you eight guidelines so you can get a little more about um, what mindfulness is and what the experience will be like. You can get a little bit of the framework of this mindful practice. Okay, here's just eight things to know when we're talking about practicing mindfulness, whether that's going through a guided imagery or a meditation or practicing silence. Here's just eight things that are helpful to know. Number one, on the idea of seeing something. Okay, so while some see the imagery that they're practicing, some people only get a sense of the scene without a clear picture. So even people who say that they see do not see as clearly as if they were looking at a movie screen. So I want you just to understand that there is a difference between when I close, if we close our eyes and I ask you to imagine something, some of you will actually get a crystal clear picture and you will actually see something like a movie and others of you will only get a sense of that thing, um, a feeling rather than an actual image. Some people will have sounds or fragrances or even tactile sensations, but I'm saying this so that you know that there are multiple ways to experience this idea of seeing when we do this work, and none of them are wrong. 
too, on practice. We can practice using visualization and it definitely improves the ability and quality of the images or sensations. So if you are looking to have a more enhanced experience, practice. Three, on obeying. Do not feel like you have to obey the guiding words. If when I'm leading you through a meditation and you actually have in your gut instinct the desire to do something else, so if I'm leading you to walk on the beach but you'd rather be walking in the mountains, you need to o- obey your own instinct rather than the, uh, than the person who's leading you through the guided imagery. Um, on nothing happening. If you think that nothing is happening, then just check out that nothing. You may be seeing only color or experiencing only a sense of joy. Finding yourself upset about a person or a situation, or you might be daydreaming about things or whatever it is. If nothing is happening, acknowledge what you consider to be nothing, and that can bring insight in and of itself. Be curious about the nothing. Be patient. It might break way into something else. It can help you refocus so you can proceed with the meditation itself. Sometimes we have to wait out of that transitional period of nothing and just allow ourselves to continue to descend into the meditation. Um, Five, on asking for assistance. Sometimes in your meditation, you can imagine a wise person or a friend joining you in the scene or equipping yourself with a tool or a superpower or something that you need. So a flashlight if if the scene is dark or breathing gear if you're underwater. You can provide yourselves with track shoes or a crash helmet or food or drink or whatever you want. Since the scene is your creation, you can really feel free to provide yourself whatever you need. When we go through some of these experiences, you can really create whatever type of alternative world you desire. Six, on attachment, it's really tempting to hold on to positive images a long time because they can be so nourishing. Okay? And likewise, negative images can worry us. So if we're going through a guided image, a guided meditation, and a negative image comes up, we tend to want to run away from it and extinguish it. And be like, no, I don't want that to exist here. But just don't stay so attached to the idea of what it is supposed to be like. Make room for new experiences and make room for whatever it is that comes up. Seven, on debriefing and grounding. It's really important to debrief afterwards. Okay, so try to follow up with some reflection or interpersonal sharing. You can write, you can talk out loud, but you want to be able to come back to your here and now experience after you do this guided meditation. And the last thing is on succeeding. Remember, there, this is only practice. There is no success. The whole idea of visualization is to trust the experience and go with the flow and use that beautiful creative mind that is within you to create an alternative experience and just to see what happens, okay? There is no success. There is no right way. It is an experience. Okay, those are just the eight main things to be aware of when we think about mindfulness, which is that conscious awareness. Mindfulness as that intentional practice of being aware of yourself, being aware of your surroundings. There are so many ways that you can practice mindfulness. You can have mindful breathing, mindful walking, mindful eating. You can have silent meditation. You can do a guided meditation, which is what I'm going to take you through in a moment. If you, you can honestly Google it and look up like ways to practice mindfulness, but the idea is that we are aware of our senses, that we stop and are consciously aware of our movements and our interaction with the world around us, okay? 
Now, since it is officially spring and California is having this unbelievable super bloom, I want to do a blooming meditation with you. Okay, so first, I want you to take a quick measurement. Just check in with yourself. How are you feeling physically? How are you feeling mentally? How are you feeling emotionally? Take a moment just to consider any tension that you have. It's good for us to be aware of where we are before we begin our meditation. Okay, this is a meditation on blooming. Become quiet. Close your eyes. Take a few slow, deep breaths. Imagine yourself in a meadow. Feel how tall the grass is. Feel it against your legs. Experience yourself walking through this meadow. Look around. See what else is there. Notice the fragrance of the grass, trees, flowers, or whatever else is there. Observe whether the meadow is sloping or flat. Notice the colors. Feel the warmth of the sun radiating down upon you, warming up the whole meadow. Enjoy the serenity of spring, of flowers all around you. Now you walk to the edge of the meadow and you discover a desert. Stand there for a while and become aware of what you experience, observing that apparently barren area. in such stark contrast to the meadow you were just in. Enter into the desert. Experience being in the desert. Take time to explore it, to wander in it. Feel yourself being there. The dryness, the quality of the air, the intensity of the heat, the lack of life. Wander in the desert. What are you experiencing? Seeing smelling, touching. Now before your eyes, the desert blooms. See it bloom. From out of dry ground, become aware of blooms emerging out of the desert sand. Notice your feelings as you see the desert bloom around you. Notice the colors, 
the fragrances, the sounds. Life is springing up. Allow yourself to feel a part of this blooming. Notice what is happening within you as you watch everything around you begin to take on a life of its own. Smile. See it. Life is happening in impossible places. Allow yourself to feel a part of this blooming. Notice that within you, something is blooming as well. What is it? Hope? Joy? Incredulousness? What is blooming within you? Excitement, anticipation, goodness, beauty, identity. Reach out, pick up a symbol that represents this blooming desert. Grab a token, a word, a flower, a snapshot of this desert that is blooming with wildflowers. Take a breath. Make your way back to the meadow at your own pace. In your own way. Can you believe it? When you get back to the meadow, I want you to look around. Observe the meadow again. Remember the symbol or the token you brought back from the desert. Hold it. This goes with you, transcends this meditation, is a part of you. Take another deep breath. When you feel ready, you can open your eyes. Okay. How was that? How are you feeling now, physically, mentally, emotionally? Did anything change, improve? But I want you to take a moment to consider what your experience was like, just yours. What token did you take with you? What word, what symbol, what was that experience like? What bloomed within you? Take a moment to consider this. I'll tell you what happened for me. I literally felt um, a sense of serenity when I entered the meadow. Like, oh, it's so good to be here. And then seeing the desert, I felt like, no, I don't want to go there. <laughs> Take me back to the meadow. I identified with the barrenness of that season, the hostility of the heat. And then all of a sudden, watching it just bloom 
come into full bloom. I felt giddy. I literally felt like I'm in like my heart center, like something starts to like tingle and move this excitement of like, oh my gosh, are you even kidding me right now? What is going on? This radical blooming taking place in the most unlikely of locations. And isn't that true within us? Isn't that a mirrored experience that in our most unlovely places, radical blooming? See, the thing with the super bloom that I've been thinking about that we're experiencing here is that we needed so much rain. We needed so much water to shift the reality of the hills that are so often brown. Flowers are blooming in barren places because of a season of downpour. We need the wet season. We need tears. We need hard seasons. We need winter in order to step in to the glorious revival that is spring. Okay. If you want to keep working with this, you can take a moment to write down your experience. You can, can go back, go back into that meditation and pull up those images and spend some more time there walking around and paying attention to your experience. You can share it with somebody else. You can continue to look up other guided meditations. I did record two others. They are on TrailerCast if you want to look them up. One is literally called Guided Meditation and the other is a Progressive Relaxation. And these are two different types of mindfulness that I want people to just experience. You know, less talky, more dewy, <laughs> where we're actually having the thing that we're looking for, not just learning about it, but actually having it, holding it, entering into it. I encourage you to check it out. Do your own research with it. Have fun with it, all right? This doesn't have to be super serious or even make sense. It can be whimsy. <laughs> it can be you practicing. That's what this is. Just see what you notice. I know today's episode was different, but I just wanted to try it. I want to hold this experience with you similarly, where we try different things and see what it's like, where we have experiences together, not just shared words. So I hope today's episode allowed you to experience good within yourself. See, good is not something we are chasing way out here or looking to attain or manifest. Good is right here within you. Open yourself to this reality. Let your desert become a place of blooming right where you are. You guys, it's spring. It's time to share beauty. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at elise at elisesnipes.com. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.